Hour two of the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland. Our phone number is 537-1350. We'll open up the phone lines for the next couple of segments as, of course, we will continue to talk about Kese Hoops, who now finds himself after a win last night against the Oklahoma Sooners, 85-69, to be tied for second in the Big 12 standings. And hold the tiebreakers. And hold the tiebreakers, that's right. Because Cats sweep Baylor. I don't remember the order of all the tiebreakers. Obviously, head-to-head is first. Uh, and then, of, you know, of course, K-State and Texas, they split. Uh, the away teams won both of those games. But I think it also then goes to like the road schedule and uh, the road records. I, I don't remember everything, but... People have told me that the Cats can get the second seed by winning on Saturday, so we'll just go with that. <laughs> I think it's a simple way to put it. Those are smarter than me that had it all figured out before I got to it. That's what they've been telling me. I believe them. But K-State, Baylor, Texas are all 11-6 and six in Big 12 play. Kansas, the outright Big 12 champions, are 13-4. and four. And then fifth place would be TCU, two games back of, uh, of the Cats in 9-8. and eight. I mean the, the the two seed would be awesome. They'd be they get the first game of <clears throat> excuse me, the uh the the quarterfinals of the second session. So it'd be a six o'clock tip off. Um and I guess that would mean that um the Cats would play the winner of the seven ten. Isn't that right? Believe you're right. Yeah, yeah, and then and then KU would play the winner of the eight nine. So then you're opening up with a game against a team that had played the day before. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, there's been an emphasis on giving the guys a little bit more rest. And ever since Coach Tang has brought that up, K-State's won four in a row. And it was also kind of brought up last night about, you know, you know, ever since you know we've been asking him to do so much, putting him to work, and then we kind of, you know, pushed off the gas a little bit, put the, brought the foot off the gas a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, allowed them to get more rest, and they got healthier legs game after game. Uh-huh. And, boy, did we see some legs fly up and down the floor last night with the uh, 85-69 win over Oklahoma. I had the feeling yesterday, and I brought, I brought up in Mitch Palm with all the emotions from last night, and it kind of had the opposite effect early on, right? Because it's senior day, you have six seniors on the team. That's a ton. Um and uh, you know, you know, senior day, last game of the of the of the regular season at home. Of course, the fan base is all in once again. What a turnaround that has been for Coach Tang. You know, and the team has gone sixteen and one in home games. They feed off the energy, and I figured, okay, K State's won three in a row. They have Oklahoma, who you know they they laid an egg against the Sooners in Norman, mm-hmm. a, a bad game, bad game for the Cats. Oklahoma caught them at a right time. That's it's a different team. It was a different team heading into last night with K State. I was like, you add all that up, K State's going to kick their butt. Well, twelve or thirteen minutes in, not a whole lot butts being kicked <laughs> because it was just a slow. It was a slow start. It was really a slow start for both teams because K State, I mean, was really really sloppy. I say sloppy like I've seen K State play sloppier basketball before. Than in the first ten or twelve minutes of the first half last night, I've I've seen it worse. Uh, K State had four turnovers in the first eight minutes, 
But the big issue was they're doing a lot of the right things. The ball just wouldn't go through the hoop. A lot of in and outs. Like I felt bad for Ish Masood because he had a rough night. He was 0 for 4 from 2. And they were all at the rim. And like they just they just wouldn't crawl over the rim. Mm-hmm. It was just like a you know, just a f- inch away from going in and all of a sudden Ish is looking really good and he's making some shots and, and K State's offense probably is getting off to a better start. It wasn't just Ish, by the way. I mean everybody sure. just had a rough start to the game. It was amazing how quick things turned around. It wasn't surprising, it was just amazing to watch because it was so fun to watch. Stan Weber said on the broadcast last night, "Is I, I had done this very often this this uh, this season, but I pulled uh, the broadcast from our skimmer. Yes. Skimmer, we called a skimmer. It's you know we can go back and because uh, everything's recorded. And anyway, got the broadcast. I listened to a bunch of it because I just wanted to hear why and Stan call the game because I wanted <laughs> to hear the highlights and I thought the highlights would be great for the morning show. Yes, so I pulled a bunch of those." And it was fun to listen to that, but Stan Weber said, well, now all of a sudden they're playing like the Harlem Globetrotters. And it kind of was. Like, I yeah. had that thought as well. Like, the between the legs, backwards pass. That pass from Marquise Noel to David Gasson in transition, Coach said it last night, that's a tough pass. Because Marquise just kind of caught a glimpse out of his left peripherals. And saw David flying down the middle of the lane. The bounce pass was at an angle. And any normal Joe trying to make that play is going to bounce that ball right off their leg. Not Marquise Noel. That was a perfect pass right to the belly button of David Gasson. And all those transition plays Casey was making last night, behind the back pass from Desi Sills to a trailing Keontae Johnson to the left wing for a three-pointer was perfect. The, th- the threading the needle pass down the middle from, from Marquise Noel to, to uh, Naquan Tomlin, that was a perfectly delivered pass. Coach made a great comment in postgame with Wyatt and Stan in, and, and wasn't pressed on it. It just was part of his flow of the conversation. He kind of semi-chuckled at 12 turnovers because, for the most part, they had eight now think about the turnovers that had been mounting during the course of the losing skit. And then you turn around and Marquise makes those passes last night. And it's just amazing the difference that you can get in a game at times. Yeah, it's amazing when this team is on. Oh, yeah. When they're on, they are extremely entertaining. And we've been seeing these wild plays and these crazy passes and these awesome dunks. I mean, Naquan Tomlin, I've said this before, he's got a great dunk. He, he is just the most, he's might be the most thunderous dunker I've seen ever. Uh, and he had three dunks last night, I think. K-State had seven total. Seven total dunks last night. Entertaining to say the least. Like, like I said with D.Y. in the first hour, when K-State's on, they're on a run, they can mm-hmm. get into fast breaks, or set up dunk plays or three pointers. Like K State can be the most entertaining team to watch in America. Because, you know, Coach Tang is probably not the biggest fan of the risk taking, 
But if you did have Marquise Noel, they're probably not the most entertaining team to watch in America once in a while. Also true. Because he's very good at those crazy passes. Very good at those crazy passes. But K-State finishes the home slate 16-1. and And I forgot to pull this up earlier, if I can find some of these numbers here. But, you know, 16-1 and in home games, 15-1 and in Bramlage. The 15 wins in Bramlage was the second most in the arena's history and the most since winning 16 in the 2012-2013 season. So we've seen a, a season in Bramlage Coliseum that has, has rarely happened, obviously. Rarely happened. And I thought last night was in a way a celebration. A celebration of going back to March and Coach Tang taking over, transition to bringing 11 guys in, and not just that, but there was a lot of hype that was spoken about. There was a lot of talking taking place from Jerome Tang about this isn't going to take long. Everybody loved to hear that. But you know me, I got to see it. I got to see it. We started to see it pretty early on with K-State winning games. Going to the Cayman Islands, winning that game, a couple of close ones. And facing adversity and slapping it in the face. And winning games. Butler skid, they get by that. Yep. And then go into Big 12 play and start winning games. Not only games at home, comebacks against West Virginia, winning on the road. But the home slate has finished. Cats are not done on the road. They're not done with the neutral sites. And everybody's been preaching that we need K-State fans to travel. We feed off you guys. We need you at the Big 12 tournament. We need you in at the NCAA tournament to cheer us on. But it's awesome. It's so awesome to see the fan base just absolutely back in it. And Coach Tang said it like, we have to earn – the people, to, this is an exact quote, obviously, but they, they've got to earn the trust of the fan base again. They have to earn the high attendance and sell out crowds. Well, I mean, they had six sellouts this year, all in Big 12 play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the student section full for those sellout games. Yeah, the fans are bought in. And I thought last night was a big celebration. And the, the, the icing on the cake not only was the speeches from the players, and I thought that was a great touch. I was told by Brett, the producer of the show, not our show, but the fan experience, of course, for K-State games, for uh, football and men's basketball, was like, so he's like, so Coach Tang wants to talk right after the game. So we're kind of like talking about like how that's exactly going to work. K-State assistant coach, I can't remember who it was, but uh, came over. It was Dowling. It was Dream Dowling. Came over and said that uh, Coach Tang wants the microphone right after the game. So they're talking like – all right, how are we going to make this work? If right. that was like kind of laying it out, like, all right, we're going to let the we're going to let the band play one time through the fight song. We'll kind of let Oklahoma get off the floor, and then Coach Tang can do his thing. Coach Tang starts talking, and the and the and the team goes into the crowd, into the crowd, kind of up the middle stairs there at middle at mid court to do the Wabash Cannonball with them. I was like, that was the the absolute perfect icing on the cake for this celebration of what K-State basketball now is and what has all come together without the first season even being over with. It's happened in one year that K-State basketball is back. And for the for the for the 
the players to go celebrate with the students. Like Coach Tang's been doing it mm-hmm. by himself. And I, I even asked him at a press conference, like, "Hey, do you do you want like you know the 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 players to join you once in a while for a wabash?" Or he's like, "No, I just like them to go around and." I mean, they they moved, they removed chairs from that from that courtside row, that front row, so the players could storm up. Now, the the kicker was, uh, like maybe when they planned this out, probably wasn't expecting this. That when the players started running up those middle stairs, the students just kind of collapsed on them, <laughs> and it's kind of like they're probably trying yeah. to go up further up the stairs a little bit. And like everybody wanted to be a part of that, and that was like that that was really cool. And all of a sudden, you have from five rows or five rows, five sections of students down to three because everybody just kind of came in together. One of the things that stands out to me about it from afar, since I was not able to be a part of it last night, it's great to see something post-game on senior night take place for this program and on the last home game of the season for this program. Instead of it just being the rote senior night material before the game, the usual, and that's not a knock on the the tradition there or any of that. It's just that the recognition and the like ends at tip-off. You play the game and the, everything normal takes place. No, for once it was a straight-out celebration for what K-State basketball was this season. That is tremendous to see our program doing that. And everybody involved in the program, from from the marketing folks to the presentation folks to the security folks, making that type of an event happen is tremendous because, yeah, you did it on the fly, but it's a tremendous moment and does well in selling this program going forward to folks. I want to point out as well that – you know how how many of you out there have said I love this team, I love this team. Yeah, Coach Tang made you fall in love with a team on his first year with everybody that was basically brand new. I, as I said the other day, it is amazing to sit here and realize where we were a year ago with this program, and where we are today with it. One year ago, to now is an amazing, an amazing flip. I mean, we could further break down this game, but I think it was, you know, last night was obviously more than just a game. It, it, it was truly more than just a game. It, it was a night for everybody. It was senior night. It was great to see all those family and friends and, you know, be on the floor with, with those K-State players and the, and the student managers. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll say it again. I thought last night was a, was a celebration. Celebration of what K-State – Men's basketball with Jerome Tang and these players and the coaching staff have done so far. But, of course, it's not done yet. 1 o'clock, West Virginia and K-State in Morgantown in a uh, city, believe it or not, is at lower elevation than Manhattan, Kansas. (laughs) With uh, pregame starting at noon, and uh, I do want to pass this news along that the K-State baseball team will be playing Stonehill at noon. On Saturday at Toyton Family Center, that'll be an online-only broadcast. We will on-air have K-State hoops um, against West Virginia, and then after that we'll go to the K-State women's basketball game against Texas. Now, when we come back, D.Y. and I talked about this earlier. I was trying really hard not to melt down because it hasn't been decided yet. Tick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from the Tick. heart. 
Tick. I'm going to go from the heart. Tick. I'm going to make one more, one more pitch to whoever's listening. That, of Marquise Noel should be the player of the year in the Big 12. That fuse is lit. The fuse is lit. It's coming up next. Five three seven thirteen fifty is our number. Forgot to mention as well from last night. I didn't catch this until I saw a video of it on Twitter. But uh, Keontae Johnson, somebody put a cowboy hat on his head. Yes, they took it off and started waving it around. That was awesome. Somebody get that guy a hat. Give him a cowboy hat. He can wear it everywhere. Oh boy! All right, here we go. From the heart, Mitch. From the heart. <laughs> D.Y. and I had this conversation in the last hour. You can go uh, to our you know, podcast page at newsradiokman.com or search for The Game K-Man on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcast to listen to the first hour of the show. It's already been uploaded. And we got into the conversation of who should be Big 12 Player of the Year. It, it, it's down to two guys. It's down to two guys. It, it, it's, it's Jalen Wilson of Kansas, a senior, who's been at Kansas his whole career. And then you have Marquise Noel, of course, a senior, and mm-hmm. it's his second year with the Cats. Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously, like my pitch here, you know, nobody that votes would hear this, of course. But um, I fear that Jalen Wilson is going to win it. And trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can, I don't think he should get it. I think it should be Marquise Noel. But I feel like Jalen Wilson will get it. Because he is one of the best scorers in the Big 12. He is a top rebounder. I want to add to that that you know he does play for the Big 12 champs. Although I will say it, it's not every year that the player of the year in the conference is from the, the, the conference champion. Last year was Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State was not the Big 12 champs last year. No, it was just overwhelming what he did talent-wise compared to the rest of the yeah, conference. Yeah, I mean, a one-and-done kid, a great freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 50% of the time that the the uh, player of the year is from you know, the conference champion, and more often than that, obviously, it is KU. But Jalen's been at KU all four years. He won a national championship last year, and... I called it like maybe like a lifetime achievement award. Obviously, it's not that, but he also has a lot of NBA hype. And it's like, you know, maybe some people think like, well, you can make the argument, well, you couldn't give the play of the year to a guy that's not going to the NBA. He definitely wants to, but he's not going to be drafted. Jalen Wilson is going to be probably drafted, and a lot of teams are looking at him. Jalen Wilson is very talented. I would not take that away from him. He does. He 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 pulls off his role very well. Post up abilities to score inside the paint, very good. He's got some speed, and he can get to the hoop and score. And he can shoot obviously from outside. He's a great player offensively. Defensively, 
I'm not a big fan of Jalen Wilson. I don't think he's the best defensive player. I don't think he's close. He's good, but not great when it comes to a defensive player. Marquise Noel, from start to finish this season, and I'm not talking just Big 12 play. I'm talking this whole season has been consistent with his scoring, with his assists, with his steals, with the three-point shooting, you know, with his percentages. You know, numbers will dip when you get into Big 12 play. You can't play in the toughest conference in America. But when I first started to talk about Marquise Noel being a candidate for this award, off to an amazing start where he just, when it comes to scoring, like was killing Texas and killing mm-hmm. Baylor and just was, was lights out at times. Those high numbers that were inflated early on, of course, started to come down. But yet, all season long in Big 12 play, he has continued to lead the Big 12 in points. And right now, he leads the Big 12 in points in 19.2 per game. Jalen Wilson is at 18.5. Jalen is the leading rebounder at 7.8. Second place is Tylen Tyson, Taylen Tyson from Texas Tech. At 7.4, Keontae Johnson third at an even seven rebounds a game. But Marquise Noel is still one of the best three-point shooters in Big 12 play. He still makes the most in-conference play per game. He has made the most three-pointers in Big 12 play. Nobody has the assist numbers like he does. Marquise Noel is the third best assist man in college basketball. And in Big 12 play, he's averaging 7.2 per game. His assist-to-turnover ratio has dropped as play has gone on. But he's still fifth in the Big 12 in assist-to-turnover ratio. And by the way, you're talking about a Marquise Noel player that was on the Big 12 defensive team last year. If you want any more praise for how good he is defensively, from the start to finish in Big 12 play, he has led the conference individually in steals. So let me go over that again. He leads the conference in scoring. He leads the conference in three-point shooting. He leads the conference in assists. He leads the conference in steals. He leads the conference in minutes. What else should I have to say? I... I and yet Jalen Wilson is the favorite to win Conference Player of the Year. The skill that it takes that young man to pass the way he does as the point guard to play the defense that he plays and just cause absolute hell to players that are a foot taller than him and yet he still has the ability to score from long range from three-point land, will still slash, and when he goes inside, you have opposing players trying to predict what he's going to do with the basketball. Is he going to pass? Do they need to keep their eyes peeled for a cat to come out of nowhere to go make a play? Or is he going to try to go up with it? Yes, he's been swatted quite a few times. The range 
that Marquise Noel has cannot be touched by anybody else in this conference. Plus, all he does for Casey, he does so much more at with his role than what Jalen Wilson does. I was talking to shout out to Randy Peterson, SID for K State Women's Basketball. We got to talking about this earlier. If you think about everything Marquise Noel does for this team, he plays more minutes than ever anybody else. He's the point guard. He runs the offense. He is the leader of this team. His workload is, in my opinion, much more than Jalen Wilson. It it is I'm afraid we're gonna be very disappointed next week. If Marquise Noel doesn't earn and doesn't win, I should say, Big Twelve Player of the Year. But there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he deserves it. And he deserves it more than anybody else. If Jalen Wilson wins it, yes, I'm going to be very upset about that. I I don't want to take anything away from the talent that Jalen Wilson has. He's going to play at the next level. There's no doubt about that. One of the best players in the country. He is obviously going to be considered for, you know, you know, player of the year in the mm-hmm. nation. But Marquise Noel being second place in the Big 12, it to me it doesn't make sense. Marquise Noel has been the best player in the Big 12 this year. Anything you want to say? No, I agree. The consistency, the yeah, the numbers just they speak volumes. And especially in comparison to even what his numbers were from a year ago. The improvement. He has performed at a player of the year level. You asked what you could say, what else you could say that would change this. Unfortunately, it's the one thing that you can't say. If you did the blind resume test and you put Marquis Noel next to Jalen Wilson, what's the percentage of people that are going to pick Marquis Noel? You're going to pick his numbers over Jalen Wilson. Most people would. And yet I'm getting super frustrated because... Marquise Noel, as much as he deserves this award, the favorite is Jalen Wilson. Because I do honestly feel like this would be like a lifetime achievement award for him. Anything good on Twitter? No, not really. No, as I said, the one thing that you can't say is the one thing that we don't want to say anyway. The flaw is that the one thing that would change this is if Marquise Noel had the Kansas Jayhawk on his uniform. Yeah. And I kind of feel like 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 when I'm going I'm going through this whole thing like am I just being a sore loser? Am I being a big baby about this? I don't know does does anybody disagree with me? Ser- like seriously Colin disagree if you disagree with me that Jalen Wilson should be the guy. I'd love to hear the case. I really would. I mean DY brought it up and I I, I get it. He's an NBA talent. Totally understand that. He could win player of the year in the nation, potentially. I don't think he would, but his name is in the conversation. Marquise Noel is the best player in the conference. And he, he has made K-State, he's been a gigantic part of what K-State is right now. Gigantic part of what K-State is Huge. right now. All right. I will, uh, I'll move on because... Uh, I'm getting more fired up as I talk about it. 
because D.Y. really really made me sweat in our conversation. Anyway, number one song of the day coming up next. I get it. Hello. Is there anybody in there? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong song. Big time wrong song. Am I the only one that thinks about Comfortably Numb when I hear the beginning of this song? I remember everyone making Lionel Richie jokes when this came out. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that too. Also that. From 2015 by Adele. Can you hear me? Ten weeks at number one. She's a big Tottenham fan. That's where she's from. Mm-hmm. It's a little uh, portion of London, England. She's from London. One of the best-selling artists ever, and she's only been releasing music for like a decade? Maybe a little longer? Closer to 15 years, yeah. Waiting for it to kick in here. got pipes she's definitely got pipes for all of the joking about Taylor Swift writing songs about breakups yeah I mean that is the MO of uh, of Adele well kinda right just it's really about broken hearts yeah either she's breaking the hearts or the other person's breaking her heart I guess is kind of the way she swings uh, all right, so she was named the best-selling artist of the 2010s decade in the U.S. and worldwide. 2011, 2012, and 2016, the Billboard Artist of the Year. Time Magazine named her one of the most influential people in the world three times. Rolling Stone ranked Adele 22nd on the list of the 200 greatest singers of all time. That list came out this year. Four studio albums, thirteen top forty hits, and their fourth of, her fourth of fifth for her fourth of five number ones. And this is from her third studio album called Twenty Five. Every album she releases is a number. That number represents her age when she wrote these songs. So when this song was written, she was twenty five years old. Uh, when I was twenty five, I wasn't a full time employee yet. I had climbed the ladder. I'm not a big fan of this song, but it's... This is one of those that can easily get stuck in your head. I'm almost having... I'm almost asking Travion to cut it off because it's getting stuck up there. It was a tremendous... Return coming off of the hit making from the previous album. This really set a great stage for what she would do with the album that this was on. So, her album 25, it actually broke like a bunch of Guinness World Records. One of those records was it sold 
uh, 3.38 million copies in the first seven days. And it broke a record by NSYNC with no strings attached that sold 2.4 million in the first seven days. Thank God, broke it with real music. Are you telling me Bye 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 is not real music, Troy? How dare you? Are you telling me it should have been May is not real music? Travion, tell them what real music is. I mean, I personally think Max Martin, who wrote a lot of their stuff, is a genius. So, he's still around. I think he's written songs for Adele, too. Evil genius. What do you mean, evil genius? I mean, come on. Boy band hit making, come on. You're too old to appreciate the boy band era. That was, uh, man, I was like seven or eight when NSYNC and and, uh, Backstreet Boys jumped onto the scene. I had to put up with new kids, come on. Oh, that's true, yeah. I Want You you Back is one of the most underrated pop songs of the 90s, in my opinion. Oh, Backstreet Boys? No, NSYNC. Oh, is that, is that, is it, I want you back, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about that? Hey, put... Travion, if you were to put on an NSYNC or Backstreet Boys song from their first albums, I bet I could I, I bet I could uh, sing word for word for you. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? This, You know, we basically went over what the song's about. The opening lyric, Hello, It's Me, is actually the name of a Todd Rundgren song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the influence came from. Which and, is also a great tune. Yeah, it's also about breaking up with a girl. Yes. Um. Also the line, hello from the other side. So Adele spoke to Rolling Stone. People think that's about like talking about her being dead. Right. That's not the case. It's actually, she says it's actually just from the other side of becoming an adult. Making up wanted. Oh God, here. Oh, Travion. Yeah. The song is so good. I don't care what people say. It's so good. <laughs> You back. Friend and I used to uh, think we were members six and seven of this group back in the day. <laughs> Listen to JT. Yeah, with his ramen haircut. <laughs> yeah. Back when they were doing uh, concerts on Disney. Mm-hmm. My mother and my sister saw them at the state fair. Oh wow! Yeah, they were like, "Oh, it was great." Imagine, imagine if NSYNC got back together and toured. Definitely would not happen. Why don't? Why do you think it wouldn't happen? Because I think they're all pretty cool with each other. The other guys, Justin doesn't want to do it. It's kind of the same thing. Like, why didn't the Jackson Five ever tour again? Michael didn't want to tour with them. Why? Because he's selfish? He thinks he's better than them? I think it's more so like maybe the perception of being dragged down. I don't know. Hey, I've seen Joey Fatone on like uh, Impractical Jokers. And he used to like, used to host this like game show or whatever. Like, he's got some talent. I'm just saying, like, okay, well, really, like, nobody really wants to see like, you know, 40 year old guys trying to dance on stage with backup dancers they don't i don't think they'd have to as a matter of fact i think backup dancers is a, is unnecessary 
But if they were to go on tour and they had like, uh, it would be it would be a big tour. Well, if it's it like the, like the Backstreet Boys, like they're selling out arenas, but they don't have this star power like Justin Timberlake, right? I mean, they could probably do stadiums if they wanted to. I like how we were talking about Adele, and now we're just talking about. <laughs> well, honestly, I'd rather talk about '90s boy bands and Adele. To be quite, to be quite real with you, and, and I am 180 the other direction. But when it comes to the boy bands, I didn't really like any of the other ones. I just liked NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Like, I remember 98 Degrees. I couldn't care less. Who else was? I don't remember who, even who else there was. High Five? That was another oh, one. Oh, yeah. Wow. But, like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, they're just on another level. Completely on another level. 3T members of the Jackson family? The thing is, like, Backstreet Boys, they never had a number one. And NSYNC only had one number one. So even though they were popular, they weren't that popular. It was a window in time when Jive Records was like the big thing, and they had NSYNC and Britney and Christina and Backstreet Boys, the TRL era. Yeah. Some of us would say that Jive had a better era before then, but... That that's getting into a completely different tangent topically. That's just what I think of when I think of Jive. Is that sure? You think of that, and mm-hmm. I think of, of mid '80s rap. So, oh, there you go, man. TRL, a show where you could go from talking about Britney Spears, take a three minute break, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> God, yes. Top forty radio in a nutshell. <laughs> Travion, what what do you say? Well, should we just keep with it here? Keep the, I, I had a whole bunch of stuff on Adele in this song that I didn't even get to get to get to it. Let me let me go ahead. Well, go I'll ahead. throw out a couple more things here. Uh, hello is said nine times. It feels like it's twenty nine <laughs> times. Uh, let's see here. Hello won song of the year, record of the year, pop solo performance, hello. album of the year with twenty five, and best pop vocal album at the Grammys. Some people say. Um, Beyonce was robbed that year for her infamous Lemonade album. She's robbed every year, isn't she? That's that's what it sounds like to me. She can't catch a break. That's the argument. It's kind She's of the, only second place. It's kind of the Leo debate when he couldn't win an Oscar forever. The music video for this song when it was released, is it Vivo? Am I saying that right? On YouTube? Like yes. Vivo on yes. YouTube? When that was released... It got 27.7 million views in the first 24 hours. That was a new record. It broke Taylor Swift's Bad Blood music video. And then Taylor Swift comes out with the song, Look What You Made Me Do. And that got 43.2 million views in the first 24 hours. Horrible song. Glad you said that, Travion. Because I don't think Taylor Swift has ever made a song that I liked. I like a lot of her music, but that song is just the chorus of... Um, too sexy for my shirt. That's all that song is. Okay. <laughs> Travion, let's make the transition seamlessly. As you're going to take over, I'm going to shut up and I'll let you uh, host us through Ask Us Anything. You get us out when we need to get out. All right. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> Would the world be better or worse if superheroes existed? Worse. Oh, wow. Worse. It would be worse. Why? Because why? 
a superhero can't do his job without destroying 12 buildings. I think immediately of The Boys, if you've paid any attention to that on Amazon Prime. I've never seen that. Uh, it gets into some of those tangents. Does it? It's a little gory. Okay, it's a lot gory. Plus, it always, like, every superhero runs into a lot of trouble before they actually get the job done. Correct. Like, they're always about to die before they end up winning. Do yeah. you guys have any favorite superheroes? Either as a child or now. The Power Rangers? I've always been partial to Batman. I've never... I was never a superhero kid. Do you count the Ninja Turtles? Yeah, they were comic book superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. I watched watched that a little bit growing up. Did you see that Michael Keaton's going to play Batman again in the Flash film? Yes. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. The first... Batman. I mean, other than like Adam West, I guess, to return. Correct. In a film. I don't know. Superhero work is messy. What sucks (laughs) is that we won't get a Prince soundtrack for that. That would be, yeah, it's unfortunate. Maybe they can showing my age. They can release something from the vault, the big Prince vault with over two thousand songs in it. Yeah, we're about due again for another release from there. Superhero, like that, that is a really high rank for a person that does have powers, but to do such sloppy work 90% of the movie. Especially when you don't have any superpowers like Batman. Yeah, just a bunch of gadgets. I trust Inspector Gadget, I think, more than than, than Batman. <laughs> I we think gotta they- go. We gotta go. All right. I'm sorry, Troy. We have to end it on that line. We're off for uh, we're off tomorrow because we got K State baseball at four. Go Cats.